May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please take a seat, my friends. Mistakes. Let's think of mistakes for a moment. I know, it's a bit harsh, isn't it? But let's, let's think about it. What was the last mistake you made? Maybe you forgot to indicate in a roundabout. Maybe you were in the wrong lane. Have a thought of what your last mistake was. Have you ever made a mistake that you thought wasn't a mistake, only to find out later it was? I do it all the time up here. Or, what was the biggest mistake you ever made? Mistakes are all around us. And every single one of us makes at least a couple daily. The disciples in today's gospel, Peter, John and James, they also made a mistake. It was an accidental mistake, of course, but a mistake nonetheless. Peter, James and John were in the presence of God. What an extraordinary moment. But they didn't see the miraculous. Not at that moment, anyway. Peter, to be fair to him, and I often get on his case, I know, but he did not get it when he suggested that they stay on the mountain and build shelters for Jesus, Moses and Elijah. And I've got a lot of sympathy with Peter in this moment because what he's trying to do here is he's he's trying to capture the moment. He's trying to remain in this wonderful, this perfect moment. How many of us have done that? How many of us right now are thinking of moments that we wish we could have frozen and just walk back into whenever we want, somewhere other than our heads? Peter wanted to freeze that moment in time. But in doing so, he would have shut out the possibilities that were to come in the next moment. And that next moment, that's often where God has got things sorted for us to walk into. You see, he starts in this moment. And then the next moment we see it. And indeed, that next moment we can look back and we can see where God's hand was, where we were. We can see how we were moulded, shaped and prepared for this moment. You see, Jesus knew that in order to fulfil his destiny, he had to leave this wonderful moment. And he had to travel the long road to Jerusalem, into the next moment, that would of course eventually lead to his death and resurrection. But Jesus was never afraid to talk about his death and resurrection. Because he knew what the game was. He knew what was afoot, to use a Sherlock Holmesism. He knew what was going to happen. He knew that the death and resurrection transformed into a victory over sin, a victory over the grave. And he knew that they would also transform a sinful world into one where salvation, where glory is possible. Now, it's quite often said to me that it's easy for you to say things like that you're part of a team you've got the big red phone you pick up that big red phone and you can talk to God anytime it's not true every single one of us has access to that phone it's called prayer it's that easy you just pray and he listens you see my friends prayer transforms us God's grace it makes us lively 
And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing when we get to climb that mountain. When we get to the top and we have that mountaintop experience with God. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. It's a truly perfect moment if such things ever really exist. But we do ourselves, we do our communities, and we do God a disservice if we do not remember that eventually we've got to come back down that mountain. We've got to remember that we shouldn't really stay up there. Because it's wonderful, it's beautiful, yes. But if we stay up there, we never really move. We never change, we never grow. We never step into the next moment that has been prepared for us. We forget what it's like to be in the crowd. We forget our brothers and sisters in the family of God. Now, I remember as a kid reading this passage, or having it read to me rather, and thinking, why those two? Why Moses? Why Elijah? Surely to McDavid would be a better shout. Would he? Really? Now, why Moses? Why Elijah? Well, I've mentioned in previous uh, Transfiguration Sunday sermons that Moses represented the law and Elijah represented the prophets. Jesus was the coming together of the two. The spotlight moved from Moses and Elijah to Jesus. Jesus, at this moment, is looking beyond his present state. He's seeing the change that's coming. He sees how saints and liberators of the past are coming together in him to empower and to strengthen his resolve to walk the path into the next moment, to walk that path into salvation for us. You see, my friends, the transfiguration, it does a lot of different things, but one of the things it does is it strengthens Jesus for his journey to the cross. And one thing that this moment gave Peter and the others It's something you can't buy. It's something we can't be taught. It's not even something that we're we're born with. It's something you just get. It's authenticity. You see, from that authenticity to transfiguration, it gives the disciples authority. Jesus commissioned the disciples. Yes, he trained them. He encouraged them. He loved them. He helped form them into the men and women that we remember in scripture. But in all of that, he made sure that they had the one thing that they can't be born with. That they can't buy. Authenticity. In taking James, John and Peter with him onto that mountaintop. Jesus gives them a very special gift. He gives them a glimpse into the next moment. And we see this today in Peter's epistle. To boil it down, he says, we were there. This isn't just a good story. Anybody who sort of read uh, hack tabloids in the late 90s will know that there was a vigilante in New Zealand called uh, Mark Chopper Reed. And a lot of his claims is sensationalism, really. They were of police-sponsored vigilantism. Of course, officials deny this. But one of Mark Reed's famous quotes is this. Never let the truth get in the way of a good yarn. But Peter, Peter's drawing a line in the sand here. Peter's shooting a hole in that mindset. I get on his case a lot, but for once he scores a blinder. Because he says, we were there. We haven't been suckered in. 
You are not being suckered in. We're not being taken for a ride. It's okay to believe it. It's safe and I promise you it happened, all of it, because we were there. Even now, modern policing says there's no substitute for a reliable eyewitness. Well, my friends, we have that. Peter was there. He was on that mountaintop and he saw it all. And just as Peter was there, just as Peter saw all of that, and so we see that daily. We have Jesus in our lives and each of us here will have a moment, a perfect moment. A moment where Jesus pulled back the veil. A moment where Jesus said to us, this is the next moment, quick have a gander. It's like having a quick squeeze of your Christmas presents while they're still wrapped. And then what we do is we go to this mountaintop with Jesus and we see the moments before us. But we don't see them with our own eyes. We see them with his eyes. We see how the moments behind us have transformed us and shaped us. And how the moments that we're going into will only make us better. Today, in this moment, Jesus will be here. He may show one of us, two of us, all of us even. He may show us the next moment. And the moments after that. If we walk with him. If we go up the mountain, or maybe some of us are on the mountain top right now, we don't know. Maybe some of us are coming down to tell others what we've seen up there. My friends, I don't know where any of us are on the journey, but I can give you this advice, this encouragement. Be that eyewitness. Be like Peter. We all make mistakes. Every single one of us has a good dose of Peter in us. Because oh boy did he ever make mistakes. We all make mistakes. We'll all blurt out silly things when we shouldn't. And yet like Peter. We are living records of the acts of our saviour Jesus Christ. Each of us here has climbed that mountain with him at least once. Don't be afraid to climb down. Share the eyewitness account. Because like Peter said, we were there. My brothers and sisters, we are here. Amen.